Hey friend, motherhood gets hard. Entrepreneurship gets hard. But together, we can do hard things. This is the Mom CEO Suite. In the suite, there's no shade and no shaming. Just sharing and support so we can all thrive at this intersection of motherhood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Felicia, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. Join me as I share my journey, challenges, and aha moments, along with the experiences and expertise of other modern-day moms in business. Welcome to the suite. Hey friends, welcome to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. We're here for another episode and we have a very special guest with us, Miss Sophia Vega, digital marketing consultant. Sophia, welcome to the suite. How are you today? I'm doing well, Felicia. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here and talk to the mompreneurs out there who are doing what we're doing and running their business. Awesome. Awesome. So go ahead. Let's just hop right in. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, and what you do. Okay. So um, in my business, like you said, I'm a digital marketing consultant. And what I do specifically is I work with business owners um, to get them clarity and direction for their digital marketing. So what that looks like is um, I start with an SEO audit and a content audit of their website to get an idea of, you know, their messaging. We talk about who their ideal client is. And then looking at that SEO, because SEO is really what you can do to be found organically on Google. Um, So it's pretty important. And um, through that audit, we can see what keywords you're coming up for on Google and then kind of plan a strategy around doing some keyword research and what you can do content-wise on your website to help you show up in those searches. I think that's so necessary, though. You're talking about getting clarity for their digital marketing plan because digital marketing encompasses so much and there's so many things that we can do. But can you talk to us a little bit more about what SEO really is (laughs) and keyword research, right? Because we hear terms all the time and you know, we might understand them, but what are they and why are they important? Yes. Thank you for asking. So SEO is basically, boil it down, how people are going to find you online. So you need to be, when you're thinking SEO, you're thinking when someone does a Google search, what would they be putting in the search bar that would have me come up? So my website come up. So really having a good idea of the words that people are going to use in the search that's going to get them to your service product. So that's what SEO is. SEO is just like, hey, can I um, optimize my content so that I show up organically in Google searches? And when I say organically, I mean, you're not doing any paid advertising, Um, which I think all of us, when we start out our businesses, we're doing the organic stuff. We're doing the social media you know, we're doing blogs, podcasts and whatnot to try and see how much we can get organically from our marketing. And then once we have some funds, we can look into doing paid advertising. But organic um, marketing is like this huge opportunity because if you have that foundation set up, then and you're showing up already organically, it's gross potential. It's huge. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you touched on that organic piece. I was going to kind of go into it a little bit more. But a lot of times when we start our businesses, you're right. We don't have all the funds. We're bootstrapping sometimes. Um, and we, we're trying to figure out how can we organically grow. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, and then you also mentioned optimizing our content, right? We're always creating some type of content. It's become like a heavy piece of business now, right? We're not just business owners. It's like everybody is a content creator now. Yeah. Uh, so for somebody who might be like DIYing, they're creating content and all of these things and they're DIYing their SEO, like what is your number one or your best tips for them to help them get started and see results? Okay. So I, I wrote a couple of things down um, to share because um, before you even start to look at your SEO, when you're looking at your website, there's two things that you want to check for. You want to check for uh, making sure that it's mobile optimized. So you don't need any special tool to figure this out. Just look at your website on your phone. Make sure everything works. Make sure the font doesn't get super tiny or it's super large and photos are cut off. Um, because mobile is how most people are searching. And so Google wants to know that your site is mobile optimized. So basically the Google algorithms and the AI that they use wants to know how the user experience is going to be on your site. So they're looking for that. Is it optimized for mobile? Um, and then your loading speed. So you want to have a loading speed that is less then three seconds, because three seconds is basically the attention span that people have. When they go to your website, they need to know um, in three seconds or less what, they, what your service is. What are they going to get? And as they go through your website, you want to make sure things are loading fast. Um, so those are two things before you even start with the SEO. And then the next thing you're going to do is look for keywords. I would focus on five keywords, maybe 10 if you're like on fire and all kinds of um, different products and services that you have are different enough that you feel like, oh, you could really create some content around this keyword. So again, think about, okay, what, it, what do I have the capability to create content for? Um, and kind of judge how many keywords you want to focus in for that. And when you're thinking about keywords, long tail keywords are better. Um, so I'm sure you've heard or read about the long tail keyword. And all that means is being more descriptive with your keyword. So for example, instead of typing in jewelry, it would be jewelry for work. You know, instead of typing in um, mompreneur, you might say mompreneur membership or mompreneurs near me. So it's thinking about what is the intent of that user? You know, what are they likely going to put into that search engine that is relevant to what I have? Um, so I have some tips for DIY keyword research because there are lots of paid options out there to help you um, just see where certain words, long tail keywords rank on Google um, and what they're density is, then what are the chances that you can rank for them? So I know we're bootstrapping. <laughs> and so I want to give you just some, some ways that you can just use Google to do some DIY keyword research. So Google Trends is a website that you can go to. 
and you can type in, let's just say jewelry as an example, and see topics that are coming up around that on Google. So are people typing Christmas jewelry? Are people typing bridal jewelry? So it gives you a good idea of what people are searching for around that word so that you could maybe see an opportunity like, oh yeah, small dainty jewelry is a good descriptor for what I have. And so that may be what I want to rank for versus, you know, just putting earrings. So again, those long tail keywords. Then just typing into Google search is a way that you can DIY research. So when you type a word or a phrase into Google, you can immediately see how many searches have been done for that phrase. So it's kind of in a lighter, it's, it's in a lighter gray under the search over on the right, and it'll tell you how many. So you can see if there's, you know, a couple hundred searches or a couple thousand searches or like a billion searches. Why is that number important? Because if there are a billion searches for that word, there are chances that you are not going to read for that word, especially if you're trying to do it organically. So if you have a choice between, and I'll, I'll give this example, when I was um, switching over from being a virtual assistant and niching into digital marketing, I went in and did keyword research on digital marketing strategists and digital marketing consultant. Now, digital marketing strategists had so many searches. You know, the, there was very little chance that I was going to be able to rank organically for that. But just changing one word and making a digital marketing consultant, the keyword density was less and the number of searches was lower. So I could rank for digital marketing consultant. Now, do I do anything different? No. I'm still doing the same thing, no matter what you call me. But if I want to be found on the internet, better for me to use digital marketing. So that's a, that's an example. Then um, on that same search, if you scroll down, you're going to see what questions are being asked around the word. The writing is in black and it says people also ask. And then it has um, props of people ask, what is a digital marketing or um, uh, how much do digital marketing consultants charge? That section is great for content because you can answer those questions that people are asking on your blog. You can have special guests on your podcast. So that gives you an idea of kind of the trending um, questions around your keyword. And then at the bottom, all the way down at the bottom, there's still good information and it's related searches. So this is where you're going to find ideas for your long tail keyword. Um, if you look there down at the bottom, it'll have your word and also different words that were used to search around that. So that's a good way to get your long tail keyword. Wow. That was some great information. Like when we're done here, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on Google. <laughs> Yeah, look for all of that, right? You just don't know what you don't know. So you just shared a wealth of knowledge for myself and others who are listening. So thank you so much for that. Um, so guys, she's going to share her information at the end. Her information is in the show notes. 
So make sure you definitely connect if you need this support in your business. Um, so let's shift a little bit. You know, we're here in the mom CEO suite. We're all mompreneurs. So share with us a little bit about your story or your journey um, of motherhood and entrepreneurship and how you kind of got to that intersection. Um, I'm actually a mom to teenagers now. Um, so that's exciting and nerve wracking at the same time. But I have been a teacher, have been a teacher for 15 years. So I started my working career, working in, in public relations and marketing in the corporate world, but later went back and got my teaching certificate. And it was in my first year of teaching that I met my husband, who was active duty Air Force. And teaching was a great career to have as an active duty spouse because we moved to eight different states and I was able to either um, some states have reciprocity with your teacher certification or some states require you to take a class or pass a test. And so that was an easy step for me to then find employment where we were at. But when we, my husband retired, um, we were here in Texas and it was right at the beginning of COVID. And so that spring of COVID, uh, we were moving and whatnot. So I was not working. And then in the summertime, I got a teaching job here in our area. And so I taught during COVID. And that was probably the most stressful time career-wise for me. The demands that teachers had with teaching in person and remote at the same time, just the needs of the students the following year, uh, you know, after missing school for a whole nine weeks and then sometimes being remote and in-person, remote, in-person, just the inconsistency for them uh, left a lot of gaps. You feel the pressure as a teacher, like, hey, I got to help all these kids fill those gaps. And then, of course, sometimes work environments can be stressful. And it was really social media, believe it or not. And a quote that somebody posted that kind of just hit home for me. And the quote was, you're totally replaceable at work. You are not replaceable at home. Home is your real life. Keep that perspective always. And both of my parents got sick during COVID, not from COVID, but my dad ended up passing away. And that just struck me like, whoa, wait a minute. If I get so stressed out at work that I can't function, and my family gets the leftovers at the end of the day. Like, they have me, you know? The students have their family unit and friends and, you know, other people that can count on them. And of course, other teachers in there. But for my family, I'm the only mom. And uh, I really thought about that a lot in those weeks after I saw that and work was just getting to a point where this is not sustainable. Like we cannot have these many things that we're responsible and be expected to do them well. And anyway, long story short, I left teaching. I made the decision that I needed to have more time for my family. Like I needed to reprioritize. It's really easy, I think, in our jobs because we're there all day long that 
you know, we become committed and that can take over our lives. But our children need us and they not only need us to be there physically, but they need us to be aware of what's going on, you know, and be an active participant. So when I quit teaching, I'm a worker bee. I know I do best when I have, you know, something that's mine and that I'm doing. And so a friend of mine introduced me to the online space. And wow, right? Who knew all this was here? And that there's so many amazing women doing amazing things in the online space. So I started as a virtual assistant and then now I've niched down into digital marketing, but so thankful, right? For this space that I now have where I make my schedule, you know, I can prioritize the day around, okay, my hours are nine to four because I know I'll have kids dropped off before I start. And then at the end of the day, I still have time to cook dinner, you know, yes, I'm working, but I'm also able to, you know, go in the kitchen and get something healthy to eat. I have time between meetings. I'm going to go take a walk. So it's easier to have self-care as well in this online space that we're in. Wow. That was, I mean, first, thank you for sharing your story. Condolences about your father. Um, and thank you for teaching. Like, I think COVID really opened all of our eyes to just how important teachers were because the kids were at home all day and parents were like, I need to send these kids back to school. So I think teachers are definitely undervalued, but we saw their value and importance during COVID. Um, but I think what you shared, that quote was an amazing quote that you saw on social media um, and it does hit home. But for when you said, um, for my kids, I'm the only mom. Like, that's it. Like, we are the only mothers that our kids have. And so that is our first priority. And I think it resonates for me, even with this community, the mom CEO suite. Like, I intentionally put mom first because we are moms first. Like, the business and everything else comes second. So definitely resonate with that. You started mentioning self-care. And I know a lot of times people can get overwhelmed. They can start getting into a place of burnout when it comes to um, even just entrepreneurship or motherhood or balancing both of them. Um, for somebody who might be kind of hitting that wall and experiencing burnout, what are some things that they can do to kind of avoid that and begin to refocus on their family as their priority? such a good question. It's important for us to remember that putting ourselves first is not being selfish, you know, because when you put yourself first and you make sure you're healthy physically and mentally, then you can be there in that present state for your family and just everybody does better when mom's doing good, right? When mom's not doing good, it's tough on the family. So I will say that I've been in therapy since before I quit teaching. But even now, I feel like everybody should have a therapist because you could just talk to them and really work through things. And, and anybody who's been in therapy knows that they don't hand you the answers to fix your life. They really just help you see it from different perspectives and talk it through with someone who doesn't have any skin in the game, you know, like. They are not swayed one way or another. Um, and the big thing that I learned this year was boundaries. 
like constantly remind yourself of your boundaries. Um, and, and this is something that I have to do daily. Like I have no, if you could see around me, I have notes everywhere. And a lot of those notes are just reminding me of things that I already know. But you get in that day to day and you forget about it. So um, I'll give you some examples of the boundaries that I've set. When I first started as a virtual assistant, I was like, I want to be the best virtual assistant ever. Whenever they send me an email, I'm going to answer it right away. As soon as I see it pop up on my phone, I'm going to be like, okay, gotcha. Really fast, right? I'm replying. Don't do that. <laughs> now I'm having to force myself to seek that boundary to my clients when we start our relationship. Not so much for them, but for me. Because what I was doing is training them that I was available 24-7. Like, they weren't necessarily expecting a response from me at 7 o'clock at night. But I was so excited, you know, to do well for them. And excited about being a mompreneur and liking what I was doing. That, you know, I wanted to send the response right away. So the first thing I did to solidify that boundary, um, and I didn't see it right away. <laughs> but suddenly I realized, wait a minute, I'm answering emails on the weekend too. What's going on? Like, I don't work on the weekend. That's, I wanted to not work on the weekend. So reminding yourself of like, hey, yes, you have time on the weekend. You can do a little bit of work, but is that the life you want to create? You know, what are you creating? So giving yourself those boundaries in a way that makes you check yourself. So right now I have a welcome kit with my clients and it's not a big deal. It's basically just a like, here's the ways that you can get in touch with me. These are the hours that I'm available. I've even seen people, um, they set an automatic reply. So anytime they get an email, there's an automatic response that goes out and sends, you know, for example, I check my email twice a day in the morning and then the afternoon. So um, I like that when I saw somebody had that. Um, and then if you check your emails on the weekend and then you feel like you have time to type out a response or you don't want to forget something that you're thinking about, go ahead and write it out and put it in the draft. Then Monday morning, you do a quick sweep of the drafts, send those emails. So you're not even though you may have said, hey, I only work from nine to four, but if you're still sending emails in the evening mm. and on the weekends, you're kind of breaking your own rule and that gives the client permission to break the rule as well. Um, and then another thing that I've learned is to look ahead, right? So you could do this quarterly, you could do this yearly, um, but look ahead on your calendar. And if you know that, you always travel during Thanksgiving, block it out. Like take those dates off your calendar so something doesn't accidentally get scheduled on there. Or if you know that, you know, your husband's turning 50 in January, you guys are going to do something. Go ahead and block those days out. Or, hey, you want to have your birthday out? Give yourself a birthday day off. You know, don't wait until, um, you know, a week before that time and be like, oh man, someone scheduled a discovery call during this time. Now I'm going to have to try to reschedule it or I'm going to have to do it even though I want to take this trip. So really owning that, hey, the schedule is mine now and I can block this timer and it's sacred. 
That's so good. And I definitely agree 100% with all of this. The therapy, the boundaries, looking ahead, um, great, great advice for sure. And that kind of touches into, you know, systems. When you have systems in place, that's kind of like some boundaries for not only the people that you're serving, but yourself as well. We'll talk about systems in another episode. We're going to talk about boundaries in another episode. But thank you so much for sharing that. That was that was really great advice. Um, so I want to do our quick rapid fire round. So this is really fun. Don't be scared. <laughs> so would you rather a day alone at the spa or a day out with your closest friends? A day out with my closest friends. Nice, nice. Okay. Instagram or TikTok? Ooh, Instagram. <laughs> Let's get TikTok. My kids do, but I'm like, I don't even want to go there. Yeah, me either. What's your favorite social media platform, though? So right now, LinkedIn. I just feel I like LinkedIn is my pace. You don't have to post every day. You could, if there was content there, you know, that you have to give, but it just doesn't feel so forced and you're not like dancing and singing maybe getting out of their comfort zone. But most importantly, that's where my people are. Right, right, right. Okay, last one. Tea or coffee? Well, coffee. I have my cup of coffee here. And occasionally, like, it's like you've had too much coffee, so you need to take a break. So I'll do tea for a couple of weeks, but no choice. Yes. I know a lot of people love their coffee. Um, that was good, though. So before we head out, thank you so much again for coming on, sharing your expertise with us, sharing your story. Um, just let everyone know how they can connect with you and where they can find you. Thanks, Felicia. This has really been great to be on here with you and and chat and hopefully provide some resources for the mompreneurs out there. Um, the way that you can find me is my website, sophiavegadigitalmarketing.com. And then that's also my Instagram handle. And my LinkedIn is SV Digital Marketing. So find me on those platforms. Go to my website. I would love to do a coffee chat with you and just talk about our mompreneur journeys and, and see if there's any way that we can help each other. Awesome. Take advantage of these opportunities to build relationships and connect. Like that is so important for our businesses and for our growth. And just to know that there are other mompreneurs out there who are doing what we're doing and managing this journey as well. So Sophia, thank you so much for joining us on the Mom CEO Suite podcast. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can you do us a favor? Leave a review on iTunes and share with other moms in business like you. Help us spread our message and empower others who are at this intersection of motherhood and entrepreneurship.